three, two, one, go. Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado, for the people of Calvary Bible Church, Grand Junction, and beyond. On this podcast, we want to have helpful biblical conversations that are thoughtful and provoke you to think in new ways, challenge you. I am Graham Parker, associate pastor and lead host of this podcast, and you are Jess Miller, <laughs> doodling over there. Doodling, lead pastor. Let's I wasn't doodling. Well, actually, I was. That's how I think, but I was underlining things okay. on this page and then doodling as well. There you go. Well, that's nice. It's been a long time. This is episode 58, I do believe, that we are on. And so we're about a once a month podcast right now. Mm-hmm. It keeps dwindling. Mm-hmm. It's pretty soon going to be quarterly. Right. And then yearly. Yeah, we, I don't know. That's just the way it goes. We just haven't gotten the rhythm of like regular podcasting. And, and we never have. And we talk about this every time we record a podcast. Now. I know. Well, so some of these guys, like they can put stuff out once That's a week. Ridiculous. And I'm just thinking... How do you do that? How do you even come up with that stuff no. or have so many thoughts about so many subjects? I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, but not organized thoughts that I want exactly. recorded and Exactly. That I want to be left there. on the internet forever. Right. Because yeah. the internet has a long memory. It has a long memory. Yep. And these could actually be clips 10 years from now of our, <laughs> you know what I'm referring <laughs> yeah, to, right? yeah. the, the Christianity <laughs> Today podcast. <laughs> Listen Here, with all that gloomy music yeah, in the back. Right. Did, and did, it's did, like, did, did, did. Listen yeah. to what they said. Yeah. Let's take it out of context and use it. Anyway, anyway, a lot of people have no idea what we're talking about. Yep. And that's okay. That's okay. We could do a podcast on that podcast another time. That'd be fun. Anyway, so what are we doing today? I well, we are talking about emotions and expressions, expressions. of emotions in the context of corporate worship. Worship. Yeah. And primarily singing. Yeah, right? I think so. This primarily is some, singing. I don't know when my, I was, it might even been yesterday during church. I was like, I want to talk about this. Hmm. And uh, I guess why, why is it, why are we addressing emotions, uh, the expression of emotions and physical expressiveness in worship? Well, I think with any of our, any element of worship that we do on a weekly basis on Sunday morning, so... Uh, seeing is one of them, right? Scripture mm-hmm. reading, prayer, Lord's Supper, and preaching. All of that's important. We promote that the worship service is should be the highlight of our week and mm-hmm. all those things. And I think what can happen when you do something like that week upon week upon week upon week is that it becomes very rote, very... Um, you're you're not very you, engaged. You settle into kind of a groove. Uh, into a groove, and we don't want that. Right. We want uh, our worship to be from the whole of our worship, engaging our minds and our emotions right. and our bodies yep. in worship of God. Right. I think, um, and I think, too, this issue of physical expression and emotional engagement, I guess, are things that like our our churches we are we are very um, 
were not charismatic, I guess I'd put it that yeah. way, uh, as a whole, you know, I mean, the hand lifters are far outweighed by the non-hand lifters in worship and things like that. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's problematic necessarily, but mm-hmm. I don't think we've given much thought to this topic. Right, and there's a, there are cultural sure. things involved in the history of our church and also, you know, where you know, a good chunk of our people come right. from our traditions that they don't have the physical, uh, emotional engagement. Sure. And again, we want to reiterate that doesn't mean that their heart is not fully right. engaged. Exactly. Right. No. So, so that it's not, we shouldn't be looking at other people and judging outwardly really right. how they express themselves. Right. Uh, because, we don't know what's going on right. in their heart. Right. That's the most important thing right. that we're talking about. Right. Heart heart is the first and primary thing as as we'll we'll discuss here. But there is something I think and scripture brings this out that and you've already touched that worship should encompass every part of us. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to ask the questions, how am I worshiping through my emotions? How is it, you know, the truth that's being revealed affecting my emotions and my physical engagement and all of those kinds of things. So that's what we want to do. Yes. Um, so I think we need to first start with, with this, because I think a lot of times people push back against, especially in our more conservative churches, uh, you know, emotions in worship and physical expressiveness because of the pursuit of emotionalism Mm -hmm. and the, um, the conjuring up of feelings and all of that kind of stuff. And so we're always trying to avoid that, but I think we go too far to the other side sometimes. Mm-hmm, right. Right. And so what we want to encourage the people of our church to do is to understand that emotions and physical expressions in worship result from revealed truth. Right. Right. As I sing God's word, as I hear God's word uh, preached and I understand it, I have to respond. Right. And we think about that, you know, primarily in, uh, you know, practical ways of uh, obeying the Lord. You know, I leave, I, I hear a message or something, and then I leave from here and I go put that truth into practice. Mm-hmm. But I think this is also another aspect that there's just a natural, sometimes physical, emotional response to those revealed truths. Right. Is that true? I think so. I, and I, and again, it happens throughout different um areas in your worship service right. so yeah the, let's you know if you're preaching and somebody all of a sudden is getting teary-eyed when you're talking about sure. the cross yeah you see that they're responding emotionally physically mm-hmm. and um or if or if we're singing and somebody raises their hand but it, but again it should be to reveal truth right i i did visit a church once and um as soon as this would have been a much more expressive church than sure. ours is physically to music especially and as soon as the music started playing, like the people mm-hmm. on the stage started playing mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. doing their um, whatever, the mm-hmm. intro, no mm-hmm. no lyrics had come up. We hadn't sung oh, anything yeah. else, no script. And all of a sudden there were people already, their hands way up yeah. in the air praising, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to judge them. Maybe they have something in their heart mm-hmm. that they're thinking about as they're doing that. But that could be a sign that it's more the emotionalism of mm-hmm. the music and the mood and of mm-hmm. course the lighting was down yep. all that that it's getting them in that certain right. place or whatever right. and i i don't think that's our goal no that's ever. no not to build up like any kind of frenzy you right. know like uh 
to build the music to such a peak and then it drops and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, like, like electronic dance music feeling, which is more and more prevalent. We're not trying to do that. Right. Um, so anyway, that, this is why we want to talk about this. Um, so I think, first of all, we got to start with the scripture. What does the scripture say about our emotions? And the first thing uh, I think about is Colossians three sixteen and Ephesians five nineteen, where they talk about our songs. So Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm-hmm. And then Ephesians 5, also very similar, where he says, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So I think the first thing is that our singing, mm-hmm. our emotions, our physical expressiveness should all be flowing from our hearts. Our hearts to God, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's it's uh, whatever we're doing, singing and and that, it's coming from in the heart, right? Our mind, yes. Our emotions, the center things. of our being, I guess, right, would be yeah. another way to to phrase that. So, you know that that that's the the starting the starting place. Um, you know, sometimes it, we look at worship as an outward. <laughs> thing in right like mm-hmm. i have to come in and and it's the role of the band it's the role of the preacher to do all of those things to stir my heart in essence so that i can respond in this way we're saying no it's actually the other way it starts yeah. with the heart that co- that is ready to respond to these things and this is a real danger for god's people because um jesus it, what we'll look at this week in our sermon matthew 15 mm. um jesus said to those Jewish leaders, you hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from mm-hmm. me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines, commandments, and men. So our heart, God wants our hearts. Yes. I mean, he wants our our affection. Yes. And um, feelings. Right. And or we're calling emotions here. in uh, worship should be at the inner level first mm-hmm. and then expressed outwardly. Right. I right. often think of this verse when I'm, if I'm singing mm. to God or we're in the worship service and my heart is somewhere else. Mm. It's like, man, you're honoring me with your mm. lips, but your heart's far from me. Yeah. So I think that there are three emotions, I guess, that I wanted to touch on that I, that we see in scripture that I think should be, you know, we should be seeking to demonstrate these, I think in worship, and not exclusively, but again, these are things that flow from our hearts. The first one is joy, several passages, Psalm 511. But all who take refuge in you rejoice, let them ever sing for joy. So there's just a a joyfulness with which you uh, sing and engage in worship. Psalm 20, verse 5, may we shout for joy over your salvation. Uh, Psalm 32, 11, be glad in the Lord. So there's another emotion gladness be glad in the lord and rejoice O righteous and shout for joy all you upright in heart so even there he brings out that aspect of the heart uh your heart is in such a place that you are glad and shouting for joy um psalm 47 1 clap your hands all peoples shout to god with loud songs of joy uh, Psalm 43, 4, then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I think that's interesting because the source of joy is God. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. So these are all emotions. Joy is an emotion that we are to have, and we find it in God. It comes from our hearts. It's revealed truth. 
And so I think we should be seeking that in worship. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so he, we are commanded to feel things, right? Which is interesting. Yeah. And so if I'm if I'm in the worship service and I'm singing, and I don't f- have joy. Mm. You know, I mean, we need to think through, should we stop singing? The answer to that is mm, no. Mm-mm. Okay, no. But what wh- what is the answer to that? Because a lot of times people are singing and they're not feeling joy right. in that time or they're having trouble stirring up or or finding those affections. Right. It doesn't feel just, joyful. They don't right. feel like the psalmist. Right. Right. So interesting that you bring this up. So Psalm uh 13 verse 2 so this is another emotion right sorrow like we f- we feel that i think you can feel it in a number of ways R- uh, sin you feel mm-hmm. sorrow over sin uh sorrow over the cares of the world so psalm 13 verse 2 how long must i take counsel in my sor- in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day so there again from the center of his be- being what does he feel sorrow but then in verses 5 and 6 he says how long shall my enemy be exalted over me but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountiful, bountifully with me. So I think sorrow turns to joy. Sorrow turns to rejoicing when there's a recognition of the salvation the Lord has provided. Yeah, and I think that's where actually in singing, if the music is good, by that I mean lyrically, and you're getting this truth about God and salvation— you got to really at that time engage the mind now yes. too because you got to be preaching those things to yourself i to me music is a lot like preaching a mm. message you just didn't prepare yeah. you didn't prepare the message <laughs> sure. right that's your opportunity to be very vocal in a service mm. and to say things of truth mm. and making points and application mm-hmm. all this is like you engage your mind and you ask the spirit to produce the joy and I think it would be, um, even in the midst of a sorrowful time or hard times you're walking through, I, I do think it would be unusual if he didn't give you right. points of joy yes. to where you weren't just mouthing these words. You're really thanking yes. him, praising him. You're rejoicing you in the You feel Lord. these things. Right. Psalm 88, verse 9, my eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. So again, sorrow leading to worship. And even here, there's a physical expressiveness in that. Um, but, but you know, we, we can feel the emotion of sorrow. Mm-hmm. But still, there is, even that is undergirded by truth. So all of this is, again, going back to, to that fact. Um, the other emotion, thanksgiving. Um so Psalm 26, 7, uh, we're proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling of all your wondrous deeds. Psalm 69, 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Um, Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So I guess the question that I was thinking about in this regard is how do we think of thanksgiving as an emotion? And the, fir- the things, I guess, that come to my mind, and if you, you can add to these, but first of all, thanksgiving is demonstrated in humility, right? That, 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 uh, a proud person is never thankful uh, because they think that they've attained it all or or, or they don't have it. Um, and then it's also expressions of of thanks for specific things. Um, so in in our singing, right there's a there's a joyfulness, there's a, a humility that girds our uh, emotions 
that we're giving thanks to God for salvation and all the things that, that he's provided for us. I think so. Yeah. And, um, in our worship service, we're constantly recounting the gospel mm-hmm. in our liturgy, which is going to produce that mm-hmm. gratitude right. or should, should, because yes. it just shows you, you have been saved by grace, right. you know, and, uh, what, what God has done for you. That's why Thanksgiving is always an occasion. There's always a reason to praise in that idea of Thanksgiving, even if let's say you're not feeling this mm-hmm. overwhelming gratitude, mm-hmm. still enter his gates with Thanksgiving right. and his courts of praise. Right. Say the words to him. Yes. You know, yep. um, that's how God wants to be approached with thankfulness. Uh, Amos 4 or 5 is interesting, right? He says, Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving of that which is leavened and proclaim free will offerings, publish them. And what he's talking about there is, of course, bringing a physical offering in the context of the, of temple worship and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. and they're giving like leavened bread or whatever. But we can also, we give of our financial abundance that the Lord has given, mm-hmm. and that's out of a heart of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so there's an emotion and attitude, a way with which that is given. Mm-hmm. Um, so that even there is is a God-pleasing thing. That's right. So those are three emotions uh, that we see in Scripture. Thoughts? Any other comments on those? Yeah, I well, no, not much. Other than I would say, too, like, you know, probably under sorrow, um, I would add repentance mm, like mm-hmm. not every song is joyous in the as- right. in the sense of um joy like right. we think about it uh it but there are songs that we will sing that are expressing uh lament mm-hmm. i mean and and really like to if you look if we look at the psalms um in our old testament that's we see all these yes. kinds of expressions yep. of emotion so um, it doesn't always just have to be happy. Right. Um, it can be sad and still be joyful right. and uh, glorifying to God. What is it? I think Piper said something to the effect of, we don't have happy services. We have seri- ju- seriously joyful services. Right, right. And yeah. I think that I, I, that I, I resonate with that because mm-hmm. happy seems trite mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. And, but yet joy is much more lasting and full and right. there's a seriousness about what we're doing yeah that, right exactly yeah. so be emotional in worship it's a good thing right that's it's right. A godly thing that's right so the other thing to talk about then is physical engagement in scripture mm-hmm. and so i have a number of passages here we can just maybe run through these things and then discuss about them a little bit more but like Clapping hands, that's a biblical thing. Psalm 47, verse 1, clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. So two physical engagements, clapping, shouting. Um, maybe not shouting like jeers, you know, like, right. <laughs> boo, bad point, you know. <laughs> maybe like a amen or something like that, you know. That's right. Uh, lifting of hands, hands, Psalm 28, verse 2, hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Psalm 63, 4, so I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. Psalm 119, 48, I, and I, I like this verse. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. There's something to um, when the word of God is read in a passage like that. I just want to lift my hand and be like, amen. Like, I, I love God's word. And mm-hmm. the lifting of my hands is like affirming that truth. Yeah. I'm even doing it right now. Right, <laughs> it's right. like subconscious. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
1 Timothy 2, 8, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. So that's specifically in the context of uh, corporate gathering and worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, standing. So I was thinking about this, because we have people stand to sing. I think, one, you just sing better, mm-hmm. um, things like that. But I think it's biblical. So in Nehemiah, in chapter 8, uh, when they read the book of the law, Ezra has everybody stand, all the people stand as it's read, uh, showing honor and reverence for God's word. Mm-hmm. And then Nehemiah 9, verse 5, then the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashben, Hashbaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah. I probably didn't need to read all those names, mm-hmm. but anyway, what they said was, stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. So there's something about that physical posture of standing which is expressive of of something in worship right so some churches still do that for the corporate reading or yes. before whatever they'll have everyone stand yep. and so i think that's interesting uh what about dancing psalm 150 verse 4 praise him with tambourine and dance mm-hmm. praise him with strings and pipe we get a little uncomfortable with that right because some of us have two left feet and it seems odd right right, right. I think it's, uh, you know, with any of these, um, they're obviously permissible mm-hmm. and commanded in certain situations, mm-hmm. um, but have to be done in context. Right. Right. So um, that's Not, where it comes into. Right. Question. Like it's uh, the prescriptiveness, like David's dancing before the Lord and his ephod right. is the uh, right. Arc- I don't think that's prescriptive, right? Uh, but there is a description of a heart there that was uh, unashamed, yeah, of his worship of right. the Lord, right? And so we can we can model that, but maybe with more. So you've on. got the heart behind it, and in certain situations, some of it would be. Mm-hmm. Good, mm-hmm. but if you think about just shouting out in the middle of right. the worship, that would be distracting. So now all of a sudden you're pulling from everybody else's right. worship experience. So we think about the heart behind that that right. wants to shout or yes. say an amen or different yes. things. But at the same time, we're careful not to cause undue distraction. Right, and I think that those. that's okay. That's that's the point where like the balance has to be had. Right, right, and that's the difficult thing maybe yeah if there's a if, if if there's a challenge or a difficulty to this it might be that right or or i think sometimes are we afraid of lifting our hands shouting an amen uh dancing mm-hmm. because we're afraid of the stigma <laughs> that right. might come from that or right. what people might think of us right and then right. i then it's not any longer coming from a heart that is you know you know, naturally responding to these things. Right. Yeah. And so that's, again, the heart behind it comes into right. play. Very, in, it's very important. So, so here's like, I guess, I guess my final thoughts on the physical expressiveness in worship. One, I think you have to recognize these are biblical things mm-hmm. that naturally flow from hearts that are oriented towards God that are responding to his truthfulness. Mm-hmm. The other thing, so the other thing I was thinking about this, if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're engaged in conversation with them, you're looking them in the eyes, you're waving your hands, you're 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 really engaged. Your body is engaged, your heart, your mind, all of that is engaged in that conversation. Wouldn't it be the same in worship? Mm-hmm. Right? right? That there's that level of engagement where I'm resonant, like I hear the truth of what you're saying, and like I'm responding to that 
mm-hmm. expressively right. with my whole being. Um, so just as we would do that in a normal conversation, uh, why don't we do that in worship? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it sure does. Um, and I thought about this too, the other aspect of this. Our engagement and expressiveness in worship, what kind of pattern and example are we setting for for our kids or just for kids in general in our church as they right. see us? Right. You know, do they see us as disinterested, bored, right? Uh, ready to get through the singing to the sermon or ready to get through the sermon to go home, mm-hmm. you know? So again, engagement and expressiveness. And they're, they're there. watching and, exactly. and I think, um, you know, their, their, uh, their local church life, um, and their parents involvement and everything, uh, is shaping their view of God. Exactly. It, it really is of yep. God, the gospel, the Bible, and just this lackadaisical kind of attitude towards church and worship communicates to yes. children whether yep. you intend to do that or not. Yes. It is. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, if you know, and it, and and it goes with everything from like how you you know how you're getting ready on Sunday, going to church, where you choose to sit with your family. Right. All of those kinds of things communicate to these kids, but then how, especially the father, mm-hmm. um, engages in the sermon or uh, sings, sings mm-hmm. um, or or all of those things is going to communicate to those kids things not uh, things about God. Yes, and um, and to some it would be like, wow, God's just not that big of a deal, right? Not that important. Not that important. So, um, you know, even like my, because I can remember growing up, my dad was not an hugely Mm. expressive person, but I could always tell by the priority that was made of church going there. My dad would sit, take notes, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was always tired, I think, because of his job and stuff. So, like, we'd always have to swing into a convenience store on the way there and get no-dos, which are just <laughs> basically bad caffeine pills for you. He was not a very healthy man a lot of the time. So, it's like <laughs> popping caffeine pills. But we got to stay awake in the service. And he's yeah. taking notes yeah. and underlying things in his yep. Bible and stuff like that. And I, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, this was not—my dad wasn't just— you know, going through the motions, right. he was engaged. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that you have to be fake. It, right. You can be yourself with your own personality. Right. You can fit the culture you're in, but in each, in all of that, there are ways of expressing yourself that is going to show outwardly, outwardly. Yeah. Right. And I know. think that's, that's kind of the point of this. Right. Is that like, think about that. Uh, uh, where's your heart at when you gather with people? Yeah. Uh, when when you gather with the with the church, um, and and how is that going to be demonstrated? Because this is this is the thing, and and being up front, you see this more. Um. But you see you see people's if they look like they're engaged or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 that has the appearance of where the heart is at. I guess That's if I right. put it that way, yeah. Um. And you can tell. You can tell. And we're not, I mean, that sounds judgmental because we might be off on certain things, but you sure. can look at a person and tell, you know, I didn't ever see him singing because I'm in the front row. So right. I never get to see our people singing. You get to see him singing. I get to see him listening. Yep. And you you can really tell who's right. engaged and who's right. not. And, and, and so 
just understand that that by your physical engagement and emotions, you're serving the body, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, your lack of engagement has an effect on everybody else too, because right. that's you know in Colossians three, you're singing to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, when I uh, two weeks ago when I wasn't leading and I was, I tried to like look around at others as I was singing and sitting mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. congregation because that's part of Colossians three, mm-hmm. I think, in obeying right. that. So right. Um, and let me put a plug in for yeah. the front rows because yes. it's a different experience up it's, there. It is a different experience. I, I couldn't sit in the back because it, and somebody's got to sit in the back because we can't all sit up front. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, like the farther back right. I am, if you're a person that's easily distracted or you're finding yourself getting distracted or finding yourself not engaged, or what I mean, to me, the closer up you get, the I think the more you're going to absorb you know yes everything in the service and and even the singing though here's the big one with the singing mm-hmm. it's awesome up front because yep. you hear everybody, everybody else yep. and it's so encouraging if you're in the back you're not you're not going to hear as many you know people right some people have sit in the back i know some people have some medical issues they're mm-hmm. walking through and sure. so they got to stand up some people if they're training kids or different things yep. they got to be in the back and um, it used to bug me anyway when our kids were little and we were trying to train them in the service. This is before I was full-time pastor and they, we all just had to be up front, but, um, people that would take the back row that didn't need it, that bugged me. It's like, I need the back row because I'm, I got to take my, my child out or whatever, you know? So but, you say, um, if you don't need the back row, move it Right. Front. You should be moving. And up. here's another thing. I was at a weird, creepy healer thing one time mm-hmm. and there's an extra measure of blessing that flows over when you sit in the front it spills off of the preacher and stuff okay yeah i go. can see it right so you That's might called his e- spit if it's really getting <laughs> carried you might get an extra <laughs> measure of blessing <laughs> yeah yeah no that's not true uh okay let's wrap this i just wrap this up quickly there's a couple of final thoughts and then we we can shut it down okay uh first of all just to challenge us about possible distractedness by others physical expressions in worship just to challenge us in this okay so first of all don't jump to wrong conclusions about people's hearts Mm -hmm. so if you think uh, they're doing what they're doing because they're trying to draw attention to themselves why why would you think that and you're specifically referring to people that may be more expressive in worship. Exactly. And you're looking and at them and... You're like, I don't know if they're, they're just genuine. They're yeah. just drawn. They always lift their hand at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think that's a wrong conclusion. Yep. And th- on the other hand as well, you know, other side of the coin yeah. is don't look at people that aren't being expressive and Make automatically the same, judge yeah, their Like hearts. they don't actually love the Lord because they never lift their hands in worship. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so that's it. Secondly, uh, really try not to let other people's expressions be a distraction. One, I think you can look at it and say, that person is obeying a command in a lot of ways. If they're raising their hands or whatever it is, uh, and you sometimes might be distracted by that, don't be. Just say, like, oh, they're they're obeying the Lord. They're uh, showing their pleasure in God. And, and rejoice with that and be encouraged by that. Let that be an example to you, even though you may not be doing that yourself. So that's it. And then finally, how do we, I think that we should seek to cultivate, though, truth-driven emotions and expressions, right? So if this is like we see in Scripture that these things seem to be flowing from hearts that are, uh, that love God and that are responding to His Word, then I think we need to seek to cultivate them. So first of all, recognize that emotions and expressions are good gifts from God to be enjoyed and employed, right? Our, what we feel 
Um, all that's good. We we shouldn't downplay those things. Uh, recognize there are commands to be obeyed in some of these areas, and then ask the Lord to to cultivate this that so that it comes from your heart. You know that you're not like this next Sunday I'd be like, ah, oh, Grandma Jess did a podcast on um, expressiveness, and so I need to raise my hand. And I'm like. No, like, ask it to come from, like, let the Lord work in your heart, and that just be a natural outflow. Um, fourthly, consider the way yourself, you the way you carry yourself. What's your demeanor in worship and conversation? What does your facial expression look like? Be a little uh, introspective in that way, and just con- just consider, like, what do I look like? How am I ministering to others by my presence there? Uh, fifthly, engage in worship. So sing the songs, read the scriptures, p- pray along with the corporate prayers, when we're doing silent prayer, take that time and actually pray. Listen to the sermon with engagement. Take notes. So actually uh, engage in those things. And I think those are those are ways that we can cultivate those. And then the, the last one is, is prepare. And we will do a whole separate podcast on that. How do we prepare for gathering with God's people? Sounds good. Any other thoughts? No, that's good. We've rambled on for a long time, so we should shut it down. All right, let's do it. Well, thanks for listening. We hope this podcast has been helpful for you and an encouragement to you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, you can come up and talk to us on a Sunday morning or give us a call or a text. We'd love to hear from you. In Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission.